So today we're going to continue our growth series. Why growth? Why talk about personal growth? Because our, our success tomorrow depends on our personal growth today. If we keep growing today, we're going to enjoy the success of it tomorrow, right? If we stop growing, then we're not going to enjoy the success that I believe God wants us. The only way we can be successful tomorrow is to keep growing today because the byproduct of personal growth is a life of fruitfulness. Amen. And so you have to make personal growth a priority if you want to be, continue to be successful in your life. Now, the first week, Pastor Brandon talked about the nature of growth. And he talked about that everyone really has the potential to grow. So we can't use the excuse, well, I can't grow. No, you have the potential to grow, right? But you got to discipline yourself to grow. In the second week, I talked about the balance of growth. And we talked about, you can't just focus on one area of growth in your life. Some people do that. You know, the good news is they're in incredible shape. They look like Lou Ferrigno. The bad news is there are other areas of their life that's fallen apart. Or, you know, they're really good in their relational life, but they're not taking care of their body. And so we got to grow balanced if we want a healthy life. Amen? And then the third week, Pastor Kelly talked about growing pains. And there is uh, there is purpose in God allowing us to go through suffering and pain, right? I mean, he wants us to learn how to depend on him. He wants us to he wants to develop our influence and and give us give us a ministry where we comfort other people with the comfort with we ourselves receive from God. God uses our pain and our suffering. It's growing pains. How many of you know that's true right there? Amen. Now, today I want to talk to you about growth inhibitors. You know, in the natural realm, uh, one of the laws of growth is if, if a seed is to grow, it has to be put in the right environment, right? You know, you've heard that story about years ago they found uh, King Tut's tomb and they found seeds in his tomb and it had been there for hundreds and hundreds of years. And they thought, what, what would happen if we take these seeds and if we planted them in the ground? And they planted those seeds in the ground and they grew. If you plant, put seeds in the right environment, how many of you know it's going to grow? Are y'all with me out there? In fact, John 12, 24, Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. A grain of wheat has to be put in the right environment, in the soil, where there's moisture, where there's warmth, and that seed's going to grow and it's going to produce fruit. But likewise, if a seed is to grow, it has to be protected from growth inhibitors. In, in the natural, there are certain things that will keep a seed from growing, like putting it in a tomb for years and not putting it in the ground. But what's true in the natural is also true in the spiritual. There are certain things that will keep us from growing. We call them growth inhibitors. Amen. And to illustrate this, Jesus told told this parable. He told this story. You know, in biblical times, Jesus just used things that people were familiar with and they they understood. So he often used uh, uh he often used like horticulture or or just natural things like birds and mountains. And, and he also used things like, like a farmer sowing seeds. Remember that story in Luke eight, he tells this story and he describes how, you know, a farmer plants seeds, but 
there's natural inhibitors that will keep that seed from growing. And so then he uses that story to help us understand what will inhibit growth in our life. And as we unpack this story, I want you to think about it's primarily and it's, it's, it's directed towards our spiritual growth. But as I was studying this, I thought, you know, really these inhibitors can also be applied to really your relational life, your physical health, your just every area of your life. But in Luke eight and verse four, Jesus says this. One day Jesus told a story to a large crowd that had gathered from many towns to hear him. A farmer went out to plant his seed. As he scattered it across his field, some fell on the footpath where it was stepped on, and birds ate it. Other seed fell among rocks, and it began to grow, but the plant soon wilted and died for lack of moisture. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up with it, and it choked out the tender plants. Still other seed fell on fertile soil, and this seed grew and produced a crop that was a hundred times as much as had been planted. When he said this, he called out, anyone who with ears to hear should listen and understand. Now, in this parable, Jesus gives us really three critical, critical inhibitors to our growth on a personal level. And the first one Jesus teaches us is the first inhibitor is the inhibitor of spiritual opposition. How many of you know that you and I, although we can't see it in the natural, we are living in a spiritual battle. And you know, one of the things I think as Christians, once we know that, we get immune to it. And sometimes we don't give enough uh, enough attention to the fact that you and I, every day that we'll live on this earth, we're going to constantly face spiritual opposition. And so um, Jesus talks a little bit further down in Luke 8. He begins to unpack this parable and he begins to explain the meaning of this former that sowed seeds that fell on four different soils. And he uses the different soils to reveal those three inhibitors. In verse 11, he says, this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is God's word. The seeds that fell on the footpath represent those who hear the message only to have the devil come and take it away from their hearts and prevent them from believing and being saved. Now, what did Jesus say? Jesus explains the fact that this parable, that first seed that falls on, as he says, the footpath, he says, listen, the spoil represents or the soil represents different kinds of people. And he said that first seed that falls on that footpath, he said this represents people that hear the gospel. He explains it's the ones that hear the gospel, but it represents those who hear the message, but the devil comes and snatches that word right out of their heart and they don't believe it. And so this is a, this is a powerful illustration. Now, you can apply this. Obviously, it means why doesn't people become Christians, even though they hear about the love of God and the goodness of God? Here's the answer. The answer is because this enemy causes them to not believe the word of God. So they don't believe on it. They don't act on it. They don't surrender to it and they stay in their spiritual darkness and they don't become saved. Amen. So that explains why whenever you witness to people, you try to talk to people and they won't receive the message of the gospel. This explains why. 
But I believe there's another principle here that we have to understand. Clearly, the first inhibitor to spiritual growth has to be the spiritual opposition of the devil. How many of you know the devil keeps us from growing by causing us to doubt the word of God? Just like he can keep people out of the kingdom by doubting the gospel, he can keep us from growing by doubting the words of God. The word of God. Listen, how many of you know it's powerful? It's powerful to heal. It's powerful to deliver. It's powerful to set us free, to break the power of deception and lies out of our lives and to translate us into the power of God's truth. But listen, the word of God loses its power if it in our lives, if we just don't believe it. How many of you know you can't just know the word? You got to believe the word. Come on, I need a better amen. You can't just know the word. You got to believe the word. Amen. And somebody said, you know how much you believe by how much you do. Whatever you do, that's what you believe. Hebrews 4.2 says, For we also have had the gospel preached to us just as they did. But the message they heard was of no value to them because those who heard it did not, did not combine it with faith. The word of God is not going to do us any good. We're not going to grow if we don't believe the word of God. It's not going to profit us. We got to believe. And the devil knows that. So what does he do? He tries to cast doubt on the word of God. He tries to make us believe that the word of God is not true. He says, listen, you you trusted God before. You believe that to be true before. That didn't come to pass. The word of God is not true. And if we'll buy into that, we'll stay stuck spiritually and we'll quit growing right? The classic example is Adam and Eve in the garden. Do you remember in Genesis 2, the Lord God took the man, he put him in the garden of Eden to work it and to care for it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat of it, you will surely die. But now verse chapter three, verse one, the serpent was more crafty than any wild animals the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? In verse four, he says, you will surely not die. And so what is he doing? He's saying, listen, God's saying, if you disobey him, if you sin, it's not really going to affect you at all. He's not telling you the truth. You won't die. Just go ahead and eat that fruit. What is the devil doing today? The devil saying, you don't have to obey the word. You don't have to do the, what the word says. It's not true. You're not going to die if you disobey the word. Come on. How many of you know God's word is true? And, and listen, now we know from the story that Eve succumbed to that word and she disobeyed God's word and she ate from that forbidden tree. And Eve was robbed of her personal growth. She lost her spiritual destiny all because of doubting the word of God. I wonder, what are we forfeiting in our life by not believing the word of God, by not trusting the word of God? You see, there's some things we believe, like most of us, how many of you here are Christians? Let me see your hand. You see, those of you that can raise your hand, you believe God's word that said, if you repent of your sins, ask him to forgive you, you'll be saved. That's why you know that you're a Christian. You believe God, God's word said in your heart, and now you've had a transformed life. But you know, there's other promises in God's word. 
There's other blessings in God's word. And if we'll just believe one promise and not all his promises, we'll be limited in our growth. How many of you know you got to believe the whole thing? Amen. And so listen, maybe we're forfeiting God's peace in our minds. Maybe we're forfeiting a healed relationship. Maybe we're depressed, forfeiting God's joy. All because we've allowed Satan to cause us to doubt God's word. Listen, there's no area of your life that you can't grow in if you just believe God's word. Do y'all believe that this morning? There's no area of your life that you can't grow in if you just believe God's word. Some, someone, it's one of my favorite psalms, but I love what it says. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth in his fruit in its season, whose leaves shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. I love that. Don't you love that? There is power in the word of God, power to heal, to deliver, to encourage, to strengthen. If we will allow the word of God to go deep into our spirit, to uh, to see it in us, and we'll start growing. You can grow relationally if you'll let the word of God set in your heart. You can grow financially if you allow the word of God to penetrate your heart. You can grow emotionally if you allow the word of God to penetrate your heart. In fact, you can grow physically if you allow the word of God to penetrate your heart and your life. The word of God is powerful, but you got to believe it. How many of you believe it this morning? You got to believe it if you want to grow. So the first inhibitor is the opposition of the adversary, of the enemy that tries to cause us to doubt the truth of the word of God. The second inhibitor to spiritual growth is the inhibitor of spiritual shallowness. The second Saul Jesus describes, he said that seed fell on rocky places. Now, obviously, speaking about those who had no spiritual depth in their life. In Luke 8, in verse 13, he says, those on the rock are the ones who receive the word with joy. It's not that they didn't believe it. They receive it. They received it with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in a time of testing, they fall away. Now, what is he saying? Nothing reveals the depth of someone's spiritual life like times of testing. You know, anybody can walk into church when everything's going good and say, praise God, hallelujah, amen, glory to God. Come on, anybody can do that. But it's what you do when you're going through the fire. It's what you do when you're going through the, through the, through the ringer of trials and tribulations. That's really what judges. That's really what, what shows you the depth of your spiritual life. And so listen, the seed on rocky places represents those who hear the word, they receive it with joy, they receive the gospel, they become Christians, but they never go any further in their walk with Christ. And then when times of testing come, they get discouraged, they get disappointed, and they fall away from the Lord. 
Listen, there, there are countless people that have come to church, have heard the gospel, have accepted the gospel. They're on the right track. They're moving along. They're starting to experience the favor of God, the joy of the Lord, the spirit of God in their life. But then people start mocking them and say, you're going to serve God. You're going to live. Oh, you must be one of those weak-minded people. You must be one of those weaklings that has to trust in religion or in a God. And then they get persecuted or they think if they become a Christian, everything's going to go good and they find out they still have problems after they're a Christian and they get disillusioned and they say oh this Christianity thing it's not working I'm just going to go back to Friday Night Live come on are y'all with me out there the problem is their spiritual walk was too shallow that's why they fell away They didn't take the time to get rooted and grounded in the Lord. Listen, to grow spiritually, deep spiritual roots has to be cultivated. You know, when you're in the natural, when you take a plant, if you don't allow that plant to be planted in deep soil, if it's shallow soil, it's only going to grow so much. And then the roots are going to get root bound and they won't have a place to get rooted and grounded. And the the growth of the plant is going to get stymied. And it's the same thing spiritually speaking. You can't just get saved. You can't just pray a sinner's prayer. Come on, you got to get rooted and grounded, amen? How do you grow deep spiritual roots in your life? You got to develop a strong relationship with Christ. You got to you got to take the time to grow strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Amen. Colossians 2 and 6 says, "You have accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord. Now keep on following him." Plant your roots in Christ and let him be the foundation of your life. Be strong in your faith, just as you were taught, and be grateful. Be strong in your faith. You see, deep spiritual roots doesn't just happen automatically. You have to be intentional. You have to take time and you have to make effort to develop a foundation of your life in Christ. Are y'all still with me out there? You see, listen, I don't know if you've been saved a day, a week, a month, a year, five years, 10 years. It doesn't matter if you've been saved 30 years. You can grow old in the Lord and not grow up in the Lord. It doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian. The question is, what are you doing with the salvation that God has given you? You got to take the time to grow deep in the Lord. Amen. Because that's what's going to cause you to overcome the trials and tribulations of life and not throw in the towel and give up. Now, there's two ways to deepen your roots in Christ. The first one is your relationship with Christ. It has to be a priority. It has to be number one. In fact, Jesus said in Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of God. It has to, you know, what you do first is priority. You know, some of you are like me. When you wake up in the morning, the first thing you do is go straight for the coffee pot. Why? Because it's important to you. It's a priority to you, right? And so listen, whatever's important, you will do. And you have to make your relationship with Christ, not just something you do if you have time. It has to be a priority in your life. Are you hearing me out here? It has to be number one. It has to take priority. Isn't it true that what we think is important in our life gets done? Isn't that true? What's important in our life gets done. 
So you make your relationship with Christ a priority. Colossians 2.6 says, you have accepted Christ as your Lord. Now keep on following him. Keep on following him. It means your relationship with Christ has to be developed. It has to be cultivated. And verse 7 says, plant your roots and make Christ and let him be the foundation. Listen, a house is only as strong as the foundation. A building is only as strong as the foundation. A person's life is only as strong as its foundation. Amen. Now, to have Christ as your foundation, it means Christ has to be a part of every part of your life, not just some part, every part. Amen. And so listen, for Christ to be foundation of your life, what it means is it has to be part of your relationships. It has to be part of your job and your career. It has to be a part of your social life. It has to be a part of your values and your personal character. It has to be a part of every part of your life. If it's going to be the foundation of your life. Are you with me out there? And see, the problem is some people, they say, wait, I want Christ to be the part of my, of my marriage, of my relationships. But as far as my social life, I'm going to leave him at church on Sunday and I'm going to go do what I want to do. How many of you know you got to bring Christ, Christ into your social life? Amen. You got to bring Christ into your values. Whatever your values are, they have to be modeled after Christ. Christ has to be the foundation of your values, has to be the foundation of your beliefs. It doesn't matter what I believe. What matters is what Christ believes. Come on, I'm going to say that again. It doesn't matter what I believe. You could care less what I believe. What matters is what does Jesus believe? And that's the value that I need to receive for myself. If I want a foundation that's built on Christ and Christ begins to be a priority. Amen. Are y'all still tracking with me out there? A second way to deepen your roots in Christ is you got to cultivate spiritual habits in your life to enhance your relationship. You know, how do you get healthy physically? Well, as soon as I find out, I'll let you know. No, just kidding. But we know that, right? We know how to get healthy physically. If we're not experiencing good health, we know there's certain things we have to do. We have to change our habits. We got to start eating right. We have to exercise. We have to get proper rest. Those are some factors that will help us get better in better shape physically. If you want to build healthy relationships, how do you build healthy relationships? Well, you got to cultivate habits of spending time together with the person that you want to build a relationship with. You have to learn how to serve one another. You have to learn how to unconditionally love each other. There's habits that you have to incorporate in your relationship if you want your relationship to be strong. How do you get spiritually strong? Same way. you got to develop habits like praying. You don't have to pray to go to heaven, but if you want to be strong in the Lord, you got to learn how to pray. Amen? How do you develop a strong relationship with God? You got to find out what God has to say and read your Bible. You don't have to read your Bible to go to heaven, but if you want your foundation of your life to be Christ-centered, you got to find out what Christ says and what he wants you how he wants you to live your life. You got to fast, you got to serve others. These are habits. And so listen, remember Psalm 1? We just talked about it a little bit. I read it a little bit. I want you to read it with me again. How blessed, how blessed is the man 
who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. And he will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season. Its leaf does not wither, and whatever he does, he prospers. I don't know if you've ever been in a barren or a dry place or region. There's no plants everywhere around except where the river is. And where the river is, there are plants along the riverbed that are green, that are thriving, and they have fruit on their fruit trees. Why? Because they're rooted and their roots go down into the waters of the river and they constantly get fed. And whenever the drought comes, they continue to succeed. How many of you know life will bring you through droughts? But if you're going to survive the drought, you got to get rooted and grounded in your relationship with God. Don't settle for just a church attendance. Come on, go deep with the Lord. Amen. And you're going to succeed. What a promise. In whatever you do, you'll prosper and you'll succeed. That's cultivating the right spiritual habits in your life. Amen. And then the third spiritual growth inhibitor that Jesus reveals in this story, in this parable, is the inhibitor of spiritual distractions. You know, the third soil Jesus describes is the seed that fell among thorns. And and so this time, he's speaking about those who will allow life's worries to distract them from their spiritual journey. And it keeps them from growing. You know, things can distract you. Things can, can turn your eyes away from the prize. And you can lose the blessing of the very thing that you want to be a blessing in your life. And that's basically what Jesus is saying here. In Luke 8 and verse 14, he says this, The seeds that fell among the thorns represents those who hear the message, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the cares and the riches and the pleasures of this life. And so they never grow to maturity. Now, one of the greatest inhibitors to spiritual growth is a crowded life, is having too much on your plate. And Jesus is saying here, there are things that will choke out the productivity of your spiritual life. If you allow them to crowd your life, they'll keep you from growing. He says they're thorns. Now, what are the thorns in my life, in your life, that's keeping me from growing? We got to figure that out. And we got to remove those thorns from our life if we want to keep growing. The, the thorns Jesus described is anything that limits or keeps you from growing spiritually. How many of you know a spiritual distraction is what he's talking about? And a spiritual distraction can be the normal worries of life. It don't have to be something far out. In fact, he says in verse 14, All too quickly, the message is crowded out by the cares of this life. The cares are just normal, natural things. It's it's things that just occupy your life, your responsibilities, your bills, your relationships, serving others, your health. All these things can crowd Jesus right out of your life. And so he says, listen, 
We can become too preoccupied with life's responsibilities and the needs of life that we no longer have time, that we no longer find time to seek the Lord and make him a priority. Come on, how many of you ever been there? Listen, that's what happened to Martha. Remember in the story of Mary and Martha where Jesus went to their house and and he was going to have dinner with them. And the Bible says in Luke 10, I want to read it because I want you to see how it how it describes it in the New Living Translation. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. And Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken away from her. Now, the moral of this story is you can't become so preoccupied with life's responsibilities that you no longer have time to work on your relationship with God. See, I think so far what we talked about, I think that this is the number one thing that the American church has problems with. We got so much to do. We got so many things to worry about. I mean, we, you know, God blesses us. We make money, then we buy stuff. And then we got to take care of that stuff because we got to be a steward of that stuff. And then we get more stuff because we're blessed. And then we got more stuff to take care of. And so we got bills, we got people, we got relationships, we got things breaking and things that need to be cleaned and things that be, you know, tidied up. And so we get so preoccupied. We're like Martha. We got the Martha syndrome. We get up in the morning worried. We go to bed at night worried. We're busy, 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 busy. And Jesus says, somewhere in the in the, the the clutter of things to do saying I'm over here I'm over here how many of you know folks we got to take time to sit at the feet of Jesus we got to take time to hang out with Jesus if we want our life to be prosperous and successful amen and that was the lesson you have to make a priority of spending time with Jesus another spiritual distraction can be the riches of life in, in verse 14, he says, all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the cares and riches of this life. The distraction of riches. What is that? I think it comes from the preoccupation of wanting to make money and, uh, and, and the preoccupation with the things that money can buy. Wealth, riches. Listen, it's not money or possessions. That's the problem. That's not the problem. It's the influence that the money and the possessions have in our life and our heart. Amen. Because listen, some of the most wealthy people in the world are the biggest kingdom builders and they have the strongest relationship with Christ. It's not how much you have. It's how much what you have has you. Amen. That's the issue. And so Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy 6.10, for the love of money is the root of all sorts of evil. And some by longing for it have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. So notice Paul tells Timothy, money is not the problem. It's the love of money that's the problem. It's, it's not how much you have. It's how much what you have has you. 
It's the longing for and the love of wealth and possessions that has, has the power to distract you. You know, one of the things that blesses me more than anything is whenever I, I meet somebody that I know has plenty, plenty money. They have more money. They got houses here and things. But the, you know what? They love Jesus more than I do. That blesses me. Amen. Because they overcome the temptation and they don't allow God's blessing to, dis, to distract them from their relationship with God. Are you getting anything out of this this morning? You see, and I want to say one more thing about this. You don't have to have a lot of money to be distracted. You know, Brother Francis was telling me the story about a missionary that we support in Honduras, Brother Don Villanueva. He's in the remote areas of Honduras, ministering the gospel, planting churches, hundreds of churches, a great apostle in the faith. And he tells the story about there was this pastor that was doing great. He was winning souls. He was building the kingdom. He was fruitful. He was making a difference. People were getting saved, delivered, healed, and all that stuff. And they was doing so good, they wanted to help him. So they said, listen, we don't, we can't afford to give you a, a, a donkey. We can't afford you to give you a car so you can travel from the church to church. We're going to give you a bicycle. And they gave him a brand new bicycle. And when he got that new bicycle, that bike took root in his heart and it caused him to start trusting in possessions. He thought he had arrived and it created this pride and he began to fall away from the Lord. It's not how much you have. It's how much what you have has you. Amen. But Jesus says one of the reasons why some people don't grow deep in the Lord and they don't become strong in the Lord and they don't produce a lot of fruit in their Lord, in the Lord is because they're distracted. They're distracted. I remember one time I, I had a couple of projects going home at home. I was redoing the flower bed in the front yard and I was building a building in the backyard and, and I was working. I, as soon as I'd get home from, from ministry here, from work, I'd, I'd undress and get, get in my, you know, my, my Superman suit and I, I'd, you know, plant plants and build a building. And, and all of a sudden I started feeling spiritually dry and like, like the presence of God wasn't strong in my life. And I remember praying one day and saying, Lord, what's going on? And the Lord said, you just got too much going on. You're getting to you. You got so many irons in the fire that the fire is going out. How many of you know you got to watch out? You only have a certain amount of passion. And if you give all your passion to one thing and you don't have any passion left to really dig in, whenever I think about these athletes and they'll, they'll train, they'll get up at four o'clock in the morning and they'll train and train and train. These people that do Ironman, they're crazy. Like they run a marathon and they bike you know, 50 miles and they swim, you know, you know, the Gulf of Mexico. It's like, are y'all got to be crazy? And they train and they train and their life is totally consumed with training. And I thought, God, if I could just have more, a little bit more commitment to you and invest a little bit more time and not get distracted, what could you do in my life? Are y'all with me? We're talking about growing. A final distraction that can be that can mess us up is the pleasures of life. 
In Luke 8, 14, Jesus said, all too quickly the message is crowded out by the cares, riches, and pleasures of this life. And so they never grow into maturity. Pleasures of this life. These are the things that bring pleasure to our life. Like hobbies, sports, shopping, entertainment, anything that passed our time, things that we enjoy doing. But even enjoyable things can become an idol and can distract us. It's the preoccupation with having fun that can distract you, crowd your life, and keep you from growing. So here is the lesson that Jesus is trying to teach us. If you want to keep growing, you gotta, you gotta really pay attention. You have to be intentional. It doesn't just happen automatically. If you, but listen, if you are intentional and you want to have success in your life, continued success. Cause how many of you know, just cause you're successful today doesn't mean you're going to be successful tomorrow. And anybody can start strong. Anybody can run the first lap. But what about when you're 10 laps in? What about when you're 10 years in the Lord? What about when you're 30 years in the Lord? What are you going to do then? Are you going to just start coasting and just let your spiritual maturity go by the wayside? Are you going to keep digging in and keep growing in your life so that your entire life can experience the blessing and the favor that can only come from a person that's growing in their Lord, in their life, in their walk with God and the grace of God continues to shine on their life. Amen. Here's the lesson Jesus taught. You have to overcome the inhibitor of spiritual opposition of the enemy. The enemy will try to keep you from growing by not, by causing you to doubt the word of God. But come on, how many of you know, you got to grab a hold of the word of God. You got to grab a hold of the promise of God. You got to believe the word of God and stand on the word of God until you see the word of God begin to manifest in your life. Come on, he said you're more than a conqueror. Come on, he said you can do all things. Come on, he said you're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. He said that you're the chosen, you're the beloved of God. He said you're valuable. He said that you're going to make it. You're going to make it. If God said it, you're going to make it. But you got to believe the word of God. Amen. Come on, he said. Yeah, listen, if you want to be successful and grow, you got to overcome the inhibitor of spiritual shallowness. You got to keep growing. You got to keep growing. And listen, let me, let me just, let me just, while I just say this, let me say, let me just tell you, you know, some of you have been here a while. January the 7th, we're going to be starting a, a 21 days of prayer and fasting. Now, for a lot of people, they think that's, that's ludicrous. You know, for the, for the Cajun vernacular, that's baloney. Right? I mean, Fast and pray for 21 days. That's crazy. No, it's not crazy. It's getting rooted and grounded. It's not allowing my life to grow. Come on, are y'all with me? We got to keep growing. I don't want to fast. I like to eat gumbo me. Yeah. How about you? Come on, fasting is not fun. But listen, if you understand the dynamic of it, if you understand the principle of it, you're going to grow deep. You're going to grow deep. You're going to, roots are going to go down. Don't stay spiritually shallow. Listen, the time to prepare for the hurricane 
It's not when the hurricane shows up at your door. The time to prepare for trials and tribulations, which Jesus said will come. The time to prepare for tough times, for a tough life, is when things are good. Amen. And you have the grace and you have the strength. Dig deep in the Lord. And so whenever the the winds of adversity come, you're going to be like that oak tree that is going to sway here and sway there, but it's going to keep standing after the storm is over. Amen. Tony and I had the privilege of going um fishing with Brother Jim and Beth Dornell a few weeks ago, and, and uh, they way down there in Aransas Pass, and like down there in Pecan Island and stuff, they got these oak trees, and they look like corkscrews. They're, they're, they're twisted. They're, they're an oak tree, but they look, they're all twisted, and we're, we, know, we know what that is. That's an oak tree that has gone through the winds of hurricanes. And that oak tree's still standing. Oh, they, they a little bit, they got a limp. You could tell they've been through the hurricane, but baby, they are still standing. Amen. There's other trees that are not standing anymore. But how many of you know we got to get rooted? Come on. Jesus said in the last days, come on. In the last days, he's going to pour out his spirit. He's going to help us grow, but we got to be willing to, to tap in. Amen. Come on, in the last days, there's going to be tough times. Some people's love is going to grow cold. There's going to be a falling away. I don't want to be one of those that fall away. I want people to come to my my memorial service and say, he kept the faith. He finished his race. Come on, are you? What about you? Come on, we didn't start to stop. We started to finish this race. We ain't got time to give up or give in. Come on, let us get rooted and grounded in the Lord. Amen. Jesus said, you got to overcome the distractions of life. It means you got to discipline your life. It means you can't just wake up in the morning, you know, lick your finger, put it out in the air, see which way the wind's blown and go that way. You got to be intentional. You got to, you got to look at your life. You got to see what's occupying your time. What's, what's, what's causing your passion to be spent. And just make sure that you have some passion left to serve the living God. Amen. Make sure you got some passion left to invest in your relationship with God. That's why Jesus said, do it first. That way, whenever you expend your first day's passion on the Lord and whatever you got left, then you spend it with whatever else you got passion left to do. Amen. That's the way to do it. And you're going to be strong in the Lord and you're going to be like that tree planted by the streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season. Its leaf does not wither and whatever he does shall prosper. That's what I believe for you, that whatever you're going to do is going to prosper because the favor of God is going to be upon your life. Amen. Come on, stand with me as we close this morning. Praise you, Father. Why we're talking about personal growth? Because tomorrow's success depends on today's growth. If we'll keep growing, if we'll keep growing, every area of our life will get better. Every area of our life will improve. The only way that we can have a better tomorrow is to keep growing today. Amen? Will y'all receive that this morning? And listen, I believe the byproduct of continue to grow is a life of fruitfulness. And that's what Jesus said in Luke 8.15. He said, the seed that fell on the good soil represents honest, 
good-hearted people who hears God's word, clings to it, and patiently produces a huge harvest. Amen. Come on, that's what, that's what we desire. We desire fruitfulness. We desire that huge harvest. That's what the Lord wants all of us to experience. Amen. But we have to make personal growth a priority. Let's pray together. If you would, just join me. If, you, if you're comfortable. If you're not comfortable, don't do this just because I ask you to do it. But if you're comfortable, just open your hands to the Lord. Raise them up or something. It's just a, it's just a posture of, of surrendering to the Lord, to the authority of the Lord, to the power of God, to the grace of God. Saying, God, I need you. I need your help, Lord. I can't manage my life. I can't keep away from these inhibitors, Lord. I need your grace to help me. I need your grace to, to shine on me. I need you to give me, Lord, the wisdom to know what to do and how to manage my responsibilities and the burdens of life. Help me, Lord, to just be able to, to do what you've called me to do because I want to live a life of fruitfulness. Thank you, Lord, that, Lord, you're moving in every heart and in every life and in every person that is in this room and you're giving them revelation, individual revelation, personal revelation. You're giving them insight and you're showing them what they need to tweak and what they need to, to tighten up on in their life to make them have that life of fruitfulness, not just now, but for the rest of their life. They'll succeed and prosper and mature and grow into godliness and Christ-likeness. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Father. Now listen, personal growth all starts with receiving the message. I want to bring you back just for a second to that first verse when Jesus starts unpacking that parable. And he says in verse 12, the seed that fell on the path, the footpath represents those who hear the message. Only to have the devil come and take it away from their hearts and prevent them from believing and being saved. Being saved means when you die, you don't have to spend eternity separated from Christ in a place of torment. You can live for eternity on the streets of God with Jesus in the new Jerusalem. Amen? That's what he's talking about. Why, does, why is it everybody trust God, believe in God, live the Christian life. Here's the reason. The enemy comes and snatch the, the word, the seed when they don't believe it. Just bow your head with me for just a moment. If you're here today and you've never surrendered your life to Christ, you've never said yes to Jesus. I want to live for you. I want to serve you. Would you forgive me? I'm ready to give my life to you. I want to pray for you. Just lift your hand and I want to pray for you. Just lift your hand. Ma'am, I see your hand right here. Anywhere else. Right here, ma'am, I see your hand. Anywhere else, just hold your hand up. Just indicate before the Lord. Lord, that's me. I want to be saved. I want to be born again. I see your hand right here, ma'am. Those of you that have your hands raised, well, we're going to pray together. Just pray this with me. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins so I could be forgiven. Lord Jesus, I believe. I believe your word that if I accept you, that if I put my trust in you, that I can be forgiven and I can be saved. Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me and I ask you to save me. I believe you. I'm trusting you. 
Thank you, Lord, for receiving me today. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen and amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being courageous. There's a court in the pew that said, I made a decision. If you'll take time to fill that out and bring it to the lobby, into the info center, we have a gift for you. We're not going to harass you. We just want to pray for you. I want to pray the favor and the blessing of the Lord over you. Lord Jesus, I pray the blessing, the favor, the grace of God over the people of God today. Lord, may they, ex- may they exceed the, the blessings of God. May the blessings of God explode in their life as they dig in and they grow with you, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. Have a wonderful day.